Phocis and Philemon. This is a classical myth told by the Roman poet Ovid in his Metamorphoses. It is about a love as long and as beautiful as life itself. And it goes like this. I don't know when Bosis and Philemon got together. I don't know who fell in love with whom first, whether it was Bosis with Philemon or Philemon with Bosis, or if perhaps their love grew in time, organically, like a tapestry they wove between them. I can't tell for sure. What I can tell is that they married very young and lived in a small, clean cottage whose roof was made of twigs and reeds they harvested from the swamp nearby. In that cottage, they laughed and cried and fought and made peace and watched the seasons pass. In that cottage, they had a long, good life together. And when old age finally caught up with them, it found them in love more than ever. They didn't have riches and they didn't have children and their neighbors never visited them, but Bosis and Philemon were perfectly happy. They had the kind of love that only comes with time. They had food enough not to starve and wisdom enough to appreciate their luck. The company of some chicken and a grumpy goose was all they needed. If you ask them who is the boss of the house, they would laugh. One evening, just after dusk, two strangers appeared. One was a young, handsome man. Tired and covered in dust, he made a bad job of hiding the grin on his lips. The other was taller, older, with broad shoulders and a curly beard. And even though he walked wearily, he still walked as if he owned the road. Bosis saw them from the window and told her husband that two travelers were coming. The old man stood up carefully, his bones cracking with age from toes to neck and slowly headed to the door to welcome the travelers inside. The younger traveler did the talking. He said, without exactly lying, that he and his friend came from afar and they needed a place to spend the night and food if Bosis and Philemon had any to spare. Before he had finished talking, Philemon was already clearing an old bench and Bosis was throwing a rough blanket on it. Bosis and Philemon had already had their meager supper and they had been ready to go to bed, but they knew that not everybody was as lucky as they were and they wanted to help. Bosis asked the younger man about his, his travels and Philemon asked the bearded man if he liked the country. Bosis and Philemon didn't want their guests to feel awkward or in their debt. Bosis lit the fire. There wasn't enough wood to keep it going, so she picked twigs from the roof and used those. Once the fire was crackling away, she put a pot of water on to boil and chopped into it what few vegetables they had inside the house. Philemon took their only chine of meat down from the ceiling where it was hanging. It was small and leathery, and it had to last the year, but he got a, cut a good slice to throw into the bubbling water. With the slow movements of age, 
Bosis and Philemon put their mattress on a willow frame to make a couch of it. They covered the couch with their more prized possessions. Some worn threadbare clothes they took out only when the time came for a sacred feast. Their three-legged table was rickety. Bosis stuck a piece of broken pottery under the uneven leg and then swept its top with mint leaves so it was sweet-smelling and clean. The meal began. There were the black and green olives sacred to Athena, good cheese, nuts, and dried figs and dates, and plums and honeycomb and radishes and wine. Bosis and Philemon gave to their guests as much as they could. They gave all with a smile on their lips and sincere happiness in their hearts. Soon the bowl of wine was empty and then it was full again. But Bosis hadn't filled it, nor had Philemon. The wine had appeared from nowhere. Bosis and Philemon exchanged a look. This was surely a message from the gods. They whispered a prayer. Yes, they hadn't given enough. Yes, they could do more. Philemon stood up and reached for the grumpy goose who was sleeping in a corner. The goose jumped to its feet and ran away. It ran towards the guests, the bearded man and the younger one. The bearded man laughed heartily and raised a hand, stopping Philemon from coming near. He said, you don't need to kill your goose. The younger man said, I am Hermes, and this one here, he is Zeus. We are the gods you are praying to. Don't waste your goose on us. Zeus stood on his feet. Come, he said. Speechless, Bosis and Philemon followed the gods out of the cottage, through the moonlit countryside, up a high hill. They climbed slowly, leaning on their frail sticks. The gods slowed their step to the pace of the old couple. None of your neighbors gave us shelter, Zeus said, as they climbed. They didn't even bother to open the door, Hermes chimed in. And for that... They will pay, Zeus said, but not you. Hermes said, not you. They made it to the top of the hill, and with a grand sweeping gesture, Zeus showed the countryside around. All their neighbors' houses were gone, swallowed by the swamp. Only one cottage was still standing, the one they had just left, and now it started to change before their eyes. Tall columns took the place of the shabby doorway. The dirt on the pavement became marble, and the reeds that made up the roof turned into solid gold. The ramshackle cottage was gone. A beautiful temple stood in its place. Ask what you wish, Zeus said calmly, and I will grant it. Bosis and Philemon talked very briefly. They were of one mind. We want to be your priests, Bosis said, for what is left of our lives. Philemon added, but when our lives are over, we want to go together. I wish never to see my wife's grave. Bosis said, and I wish never to bury my husband. Of course, Zeus smiled. Bosis and Philemon spent many bountiful years as a priestess and priest of the gods.
Then one morning came when they were on the steps of the temple, enjoying the warm kiss of the springtime sun, talking as they did, feeling blessed by their being together. On that morning, Philemon felt something in his chest, his heart skipping a beat, a gentle pain spreading. Bosis opened her eyes wide. She saw Philemon's wizened skin turn into bark, and she saw strong green shoots sprout from his head. Bosis looked at her hands. They too were turning into wood and leaves. She knew what was happening, and so did Philemon. They reached out to each other while they still could. Bosa said, farewell, my love. Farewell, my love, Philemon answered. Then bark covered their mouths and they spoke no more. And those trees still stand on the steps of the temple in Phrygia, entwined in a close embrace. I saw them myself. I saw offerings and garlands hanging from their branches. If you visit there, you might want to leave one too.